Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture, and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. I'm Bisha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Here's another one that starts in C. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Control, featuring not one, but two separate interviews. Members of the band Thrush Hermit and I had a chat just ahead of their London, Ontario show uh, on their 20th anniversary reunion tour behind their 1999 album Clayton Park, which takes them across the Canadian prairies and west coast between October 9th and 15th in the year 2019. And you can hear our conversation in the second half of this show. But first, Shotgun Jimmy is a very gifted musician, witty and heartfelt songwriter, and one of the most entertaining performers anywhere. Currently based in Brandon, Manitoba, you can see him live opening for the aforementioned Western Canadian swing of Thrush Hermit's Clayton Park tour, or in select Ontario cities with Jose Contreras between November 13th and 19th. For more info about that, please visit you'vechangedrecords.com. Uh, speaking of which, Jimmy's latest album is Transistor Sister 2, which was released by You've Changed on August 2nd, and he and I had a talk about it and many other things during a bit of spare time we both had at the 2019 edition of Sappy Fest in Sackville, New Brunswick. 
a part of the E1 Podcast Network with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 502nd episode of Creative Control featuring a Shotgun Jimmy conversation opening for a Thrush Hermit conversation with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Jim. Hello. I was expecting uh, Shotgun Jimmy is a oh, multi-talented. That's right. That's an old. I used to yeah, do that. You're do the that. second yeah, person Steve Lansky. Steve, would, I'm, I'm now I'm remembering He Steve. said, you're not going to do the intro? And I yeah, said, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I don't do the big flower it's intro. It's disappointing for us because we need that so we can steal that stuff. Like, listen, it's like someone asks you for a bio. Oh, and well, then you I just still go back and listen to the show and go like, oh, yeah, I'm great for all these reasons that Vish said. And then... <laughs> Put that into the new bio for the next project. But I still do the intro. You do, yeah. I do it in post. So like, it we'll makes talk. we have to listen to. You have to the, listen to the show yeah. if you need it for your bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if right. You want to so. steal it? Okay. <laughs> we are in a beautiful, sunny Sackville, New Brunswick today. It's beautiful and sunny. It normally is. Yeah, and we're sitting in the shade. Yes. Is there not a lot of shade here? You said uh, that. You said that like it was a, a rare. Well, thing. it's a hot day. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just the kind of person that when it's smoking hot. And sitting in the sun can be an uncomfortable experience. Oh, you're not alone yeah. there. You're not alone there. Now, you lived in Sackville? I did. For how long, roughly? I, I think of it as about a decade. Yeah. But I did go come and go a little bit in there. Right. We established a lot of this stuff the last time you were on the show. The episode number escapes me, but I urge people to <laughs> go back into the archives for some, uh, you know, more research. But um, I saw you yesterday, and... You know, you weren't playing yet. You're going to play tonight. But you were, I thought you had the kind of like, wow, I'm in Sackville feeling. Like, yeah, wow. I did. Like, my, you had a kind of like, I don't want to describe it as um, jittery or anything, but I could just tell you're like, holy shit, I'm, I'm back in yeah. town. Do you get that? Well, yeah, I did last night for sure. I had a perma smile. Like, yes, I was, you had that I, too. I was consciously thinking, okay, I look like an idiot because, like, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just looking around at everyone smiling. I got it, like, I tried to suck in my cheeks, like when you do that fish face. I was yeah. like, maybe if I, oh God, then I, like because I would. Anyway, so trying it was, to stifle the smile. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, want, it made me look good. even worse. Actually, probably <laughs> more suspicious. This is obviously a meaningful place for you. Yeah. And how long you've been away though? You we said you've been here. You lived here ten years. And you moved. You're in Brandon, Manitoba, still. Yeah. Okay. How long you been gone? I guess eight years. Oh wow. Yeah, so yeah. almost as long as you were here. You. Yeah. So, what does this place mean to you to be back here for Sappy Fest? Can you put? Th- I know we talked about the perma smile, but what, mm-hmm. are you, what are you feeling? Well, I guess it's the, that time that I was here was a formative time in my life. So I did a lot of figuring out how things work and how people are, and and I met some beautiful people here. So when I come back, the nostalgia is sort of overwhelming and mm. puts me into that perma smile sort of situation. Right. And Sappy Fest is, as you know, is uh, like a family reunion kind of experience where you you're reacquainted with 
your chosen family and you get uh <laughs> your chosen family yeah not the one you were uh forced into well i actually my brother lives in sackville so i have a little bit uh, of okay blood family and then a lot of chosen family here did your brother come here before you did he did he went to school he did his undergrad here at mount allison university oh, okay yeah. did you follow him per se i sort of did i had been out visiting him i was living in toronto at the time and i went to visit him here and it was like today it was a beautiful mm. sunny but cool in the shade Parodi- paradisical paradoxical Par- no i'm going for like a paradise like <laughs> oh, oh okay type of word. that's a word that i i, I haven't i don't know if that's it uh, i may have just made it up oh, no it's good paradisical. it's a good one it's probably a, re- a real word we'll, we'll i'll check my email after and I i'm sure re- listeners I'm... will mention whether or not that's a real word paradisical popsicle will be on my next album <laughs> it's a song about the best popsicle ever like suddenly submarine exactly. you're just gonna do alliterative things like that that's on the new album by the way great new record oh thanks transistor sister volume two Two? Well, no, it's not called Volume 2, but it's just called Transistor Sister 2. I but thought I saw Volume 2 somewhere. You did. It's Some of the online people <laughs> wouldn't let Steve call it Transistor Sister 2. Why? I don't know. What do you mean the online people? Like the sites? Like yeah, the, like iTunes said, it nope, c- it has to be Volume 2. That doesn't work with our oh. data system or... But you wanted just the two. We just wanted the two, and we talked about it, and he fought really hard for it, and you know, spent way too much time trying to make it volume Weird. two. Not just on iTunes, on all, across all those platforms. They all didn't like that idea. And he even found examples of, t- like, albums with numbers in the title. Yeah. But they wanted it to be volume two. Okay, well, that's a whole other... I did not know that. Yeah. Hi, so you're already disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst, worst album ever. But the whole thing's been a terrible experience, and I just yeah, regret. Nothing but regret over now, here. You, you talked about the nostalgia that uh, washes over you a little bit by being here. You made a sequel to a record. How are the two records connected? Because um, I feel like there's a, an interplay between them. Like there's even musically the song Swamp Magic appears again. Uh, in a way it's an interpolation of your own song Mm -hmm. appears on a song on the new album which song is it it's escaping me i think it's called tumbleweed tumbleweed yes towards the end you break into the riff uh, if you will from so there's something reflective going on anytime you make a sequel or you 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 contextualize something because you could have called it anything really Mm -hmm. but you wanted to connect these two records what's the connection i guess is my question well, largely it's just the personnel, which is not a super exciting answer, but the, the same players that played on the first one play on the second oh. one, uh, Jason Barrett and Ryan Peters, and a lot of the the, re- the reason why I wanted to make the second one was because I wanted to work with those guys. So it's really just the people that were involved. It is. I did. I did write to that idea a little bit, like, and f- sort of finished some of the songs, thinking about making connections to the first one, and like, I didn't want to try to recreate it, or, or I didn't want to prevent us from doing something new because we were looking too hard at something old. Right. Um, but I thought it was good to be aware of the first one while we're making that one, and I thought I hoped at least that just b- being aware of what sort of approach was taken with the first one would uh, color the way that we okay. made this one a little bit okay that's and it kind of worked out okay so thematically they're not hmm that's fascinating i just wonder why i'm still trying to puzzle over did you consider a prequel 
Oh, yeah, exactly. No, but that's a great idea. What if you had done a, a prequel to Transistor Sister? It's huh? never too late. I mean, we've been talking about Transistor Sister 3 all weekend okay. while we've been preparing for the big big show tonight. And uh, Wouldn't it be interesting if there was a Transistor Sister prequel? Yeah, I think that's a I good think idea. it's going to happen now. <laughs> I mean, Transistor Sister 2 is just a suggestion from Steve. Oh. You know, we were talking and he was like, what's next for you? And I was like, I don't know. And then... But you, know, you, you assembled the band thinking... You know, ah, it's the same crew from that. Yeah. How many records have you made? So Transistor Sister is 2011, I want to say. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then there's Field of Trampolines. Is there something? No, there was Everything, Everything. Oh, and right. then Field of Trampolines. Right. And yeah. then now we're at volume two. So you made yeah. two other records with different people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So are you feeling reflective though? You've Since we've last spoken, you've become a dad? Yeah. What's going on there? That's good. It's just... A, it's, it's been perfect so far. I love it. The guy today he turned fourteen months. Oh wow! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Does that inform songs on this record? It does a little bit. Yeah, it does a little bit. That works in there. I don't sing about him, but it certainly has changed my view of everything. So you were saying that Sackville was a formative experience for you. You met people, and you said something interesting about how it. It's something along the lines of like, it shaped the way you think a little bit yeah. about people and, and the world I have found uh, becoming a dad does the same thing sure, if not sure. I mean to an, a, a ridiculous degree yeah, yeah yeah so profound experience for you like has it changed the way you view the world yeah definitely and I usually end up writing about experiences like I write biographically and I usually am looking at stuff sort of 10 years later so I'll be maybe this this situation with becoming a father is going to play more of a part in the art making later oh. than now. It usually takes me quite a while to sort of digest it properly. And then, and because I do write from a sort of nostalgic place a lot, then ten, about 10 years later, then I'm thinking about sort of longingly of something or romantically of something that happened already. And then huh. sort of that, and that's something that I haven't done consciously, but something that I've identified uh, in my oeuvre, as it were, <laughs> you know, you sort of look at it and you're like, oh, I have this consistent timeline of... Why is that? Why do you think you take, it takes you literally 10 years to process something? Ish, or f- like this one, like a lot of the songs are about stuff that happened six years ago, Sure, actually. well, sure, but I so, mean, I think everyone's different. Everyone thinks about things in a different way uh, and processes things in their own way, but you've identified something about yourself. Do you have a sense of where that comes from? You know, like no, yeah, not specifically. I mean, I'll spend more time now that we've had this conversation, maybe <laughs> thinking about it a little more clearly. But this is the first time I've kind of articulated that out loud. Well, it's I mean, something that I thought about. Oh, I'm a notice that I'm doing. Well, you've conflated two things. One is that it takes you a while to process something, but then you often you also say I'm a, generally a nostalgic person. Yeah, yeah. So you got a time thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Do you not feel of the now? Exactly. No, I'm, I don't think I am of the now, but I think that's okay. I'm pretty comfortable with that at this point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has nothing. Does this have a bearing on your life beyond being a musician, an artist? Like, are you still using a flip phone? Are you? No, you're not. You got an no. iPhone there. I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you a Luddite in some ways? Like, I know you're on social media uh, a little bit. Are you begrudgingly on social media? Yeah. I don't really like doing it. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I know make me everybody feel good. is. You know what? I've been I've had so this same conversation with so many people. Mm. It's it's something that we're all dealing with. 
and that's good i think it's exciting i think actually talking about it is important you know yeah. some people like uh john k sampson has on his guitar it just says unplug like written in duct tape or something on right. his electric guitar right he's saying like get off there yeah you know? oh he's, he's like, saying that about our internet world yeah and he doesn't uh he doesn't receive emails like if he you have to write him like on his website it says like i don't do email anymore here's my mailing address oh thank you i'll write you back if you write me yeah he doesn't i think i texted him not too long ago and he didn't ah no it's been a few years but yeah he didn't respond i thought it was surprising because he normally would respond right away no he so he's like thinking real hard about all of that stuff and i have a bunch of other friends that are having that same uh conundrum and yeah i'm i'm feeling pretty dissatisfied with how much i'm doing it right now which isn't very much. Right. For a while I was doing Social Media Sunday, which is a thing that I designed to minimize it, where I would only check in on stuff on Sundays. Sunday's supposed to be the day of rest. Jim. I know, but, I, well, I'm a heathen. <laughs> That's when I go do the s- dirty social media, respond to people's messages, huh. do, click the appropriate icons, and then put it down. You know, you, I think you and I are around the same age. Yeah. And, and when you said nostalgia... It made me think about some of the things I do with this show mm-hmm. and maybe what the perception of this show is sometimes because the things that seem to get the my audience, because I think my audience is similar to me too, the things that get them really excited are when I interview David Berman, yeah. Stephen Malcolmus, people who arguably made a lot of their, most of their work that, that you know, unfortunately for them, you know, when they're remembered... Uh, when they're gone, when they're remembered, people will likely point to this decade of the '90s, yeah, primarily as being like, "Holy Lord, what a what a massive amount of output that was." So sometimes I'm wary of like, "Am I making a nostalgic show?" Are you ever self conscious about your nostalgia? I guess is my question for you because I worry about that. But then I also know I am talking to lots. I talk. I'm talking to you. I talk to people who are making music now. I talk to people mm-hmm. who are younger and yeah, uh, yeah. interesting to me. But are you ever self-conscious about your nostalgia? I think your- I was when I think I was when I was just more self-conscious about everything, you know, because I knew that uh, like it wasn't uh, popular to be nostalgic. Like, I sort of thought nostal- of nostalgia as a bit of a dirty word in terms of art making and, you know, just because it's not progressive and it's not really... I mean, uh, it's not causing you to ponder social justice issues or, you know, it doesn't dig deep into anything necessarily. I think that uh, for a while I thought that maybe it wasn't uh, as powerful of, a, of an area of interest as, as other, other things could be yeah. and, and as stirring or something maybe, but I'm not, I'm not as concerned about what other people think as I as I was like 10 years ago or something. Okay. And now I'm sort of like, I like doing this and I like doing it with these people. And, and, uh, we're not, we're not trying to do anything more than what we're doing. We're just doing this right now. And mm. were you clamoring for success in a, in a, some ways more? Yeah. Yeah. I ago? think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but now I, f- I feel sick, like I'm already successful and I don't need any more of that. Yeah. Than I already have. So, it's just freeing and I feel like there's a corollary with social media too because all of that most of social media stuff is external likes like people liking or following and 
it's all like external. And when you unplug mm-hmm. for a while, like you had social media Sunday and I'm trying to slowly stop using some of the things as much. It's hard when we do what we do, I think sometimes, mm-hmm. cause that's the way people find out about stuff we do, but I feel much better about myself when I'm not worried about what other people think. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you don't want to be a, a misanthrope. You want you, you want to function in civilized society, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So you got to be mindful of <laughs> I know, social I know. norms. But you have yeah. a song on your new record that has intrigued me, um, and I'm not exactly sure what's going on within it, but it's called The New Sincerity. Mm. And I don't know why. Like you just said, you were kind of hinting at the fact that maybe my music is apolitical. Mm-hmm. But there's something about The New Sincerity as a term that even made me it just perked my ears up i'm like is jim kind of talking about what's going on right now are you yeah with that one i am that one i'm looking at the post postmodernism kind yeah. of just being tired of irony or yeah and just yeah just feeling like that there's there is this sort of positive i know that it's not cool to be have a perma smile it's a happy fest but <laughs> At a certain point, you just got to own it, you know? And oh, I see. So it was more of a, a comment on people who use irony and detachment from feeling. Um, yeah. On some level. But you were trying to address that in your own way. Do you feel like yeah. you do that? You did that before? No, I don't know if I was guilty of it. And I don't And I don't feel like... I don't think of that song as much as a, as a song that's a criticism of or a critique I think of it more as a manifesto. Okay. So it's... (laughs) Should I be calling the authorities right now? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, it's more of like, it is a call to arms or something, but the arms are not, they're nonviolent. Okay. You know, they're sincere and they're sensitive. Yeah, well, I feel like when you, you have employed humor and a lot of humor in your music and like it's witty and all that stuff. And... When I hear, but there's also like very heartfelt songs um, about particular. Like there's a song called "Sappy Slogans" on this record. Um, you've sung when I think of Swamp Magic, like that's like a community. Like community is super important to you. Emotion is very important to you as well. Mm-hmm. But Shotgun Jimmy, people I think think of <laughs> this fun-loving guy that doesn't take things too seriously. But you do. Mm-hmm. I do, th- I do, and I think there is ma- there's more of that on this on this record than maybe on the last couple. Okay. There's just yeah, but and that could be the fatherhood thing too. But you're not sure. It'll take you ten years. Yeah, to like out. I'll get back to you on that <laughs> when we when we're talk when I'm on the show to talk about the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Are there themes on this record that you would want to highlight? I know it's up to us to kind of process, well, interpret. I've mentioned a couple of songs here, but mm-hmm. other things that you've become because you're processing it as much as we are now that it's out, I assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't there something... That, can you speak to that? I know that in the very brief moments where I've... Uh, or instances where I put out a record or or uh, or an article. Sometimes I write an article or, or put an episode out or whatever I put out. It's not until it's out, out into the world that I'm like, oh, huh, made me think of something that I could have done to it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And it's almost too late. Do you have that? Like, are you still processing what this record's about? Uh, I, yeah, maybe I'm making connection. Like, I'm not thinking about changing it or how it could be sure. different, but I think I am maybe drawing some connections uh, with it and, like, other things yeah. in my life yeah. or other music that I've made or something. Your question sort of, like, about themes, 
that I would want to highlight makes me think about I do have a song that is about social media on oh. the album ish there's a song uh, I I think it's the second last song it's called Jack Pine yeah and I'm singing about like blatantly singing about I say cars are moving faster today on the information highway yeah, that's it's right like so jokey and like <laughs> right dumb or whatever but but also then later on in the next part I the next verse I, t- I talk about hearts breaking faster on the glowing written page uh-huh. And this is, I made up this term that I'm kind of excited about. I know it's probably not as awesome as I think it is, but I think it's a cool name for the inter, for the internet. Or Glowing for, written page. Yeah. Hmm, that's You good. know, because people used to call uh, literary stuff the written page or whatever. Right, right, right. But it's yeah. the glowing written page. Yeah, and then I talk about how it's hard to turn away from it. And so I'm like really talking about what you were asking huh. me about, how comfortable I am with that stuff and what it's doing to us or or what it can do, that, yeah. that kind of thing. But that's not, an, uh, that does appear in a couple other places on the album, but I don't think that it's uh, the thing that the album's about. No, and I don't know that there is a specific thing. Again, like, it's interesting that it's been contextualized as a sequel. You've already kind of downplayed that, <laughs> the fact that it's a sequel per se. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to, I, I mean, one of my favorite songs that you've maybe ever written if I may, is cool all the time. Oh yeah, which features Chad Van Galen. What inspired that song? First of all, my kids love that song, and they're trying to figure because at one point it's you who wants to be cool all the time or wishes you were. The narrator narrator mm-hmm. says first person. Then there's other verses where it's I wish he or she would be cool all the time. Mm-hmm. There seem to be some stories going on on that song. And then there's this whole spoken word spiel by Chad, which is amazing. Kind of goes into global warming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so then it comes to <laughs> climate change yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. What's going on on that song, if I may? Um, well, it's pretty. Stra- it's a pretty straight ahead narrative. Um, I was thinking about it. Like mostly it is about me. But then it's sort of realizing that everybody has this struggle. Mm. And the, the thing about that you, you, your listeners should know is I'm not talking about the popularity kind of cool. I'm talking about the staying cool. Keeping like, calm? Keep, yeah, the calm. Yeah. And like and part for me, the idea of being cool is being respectful too. like And aware, just aware, taking the temperature of the room yeah. and being cool. Right, right. Yeah. So it's literally... <laughs> The social temperature yeah. is what you were taking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, explain Chad's role in all this, because I mentioned the spiel. He also does uh, really amazing backup vocals on the choruses. Yeah. Uh, how did you hook up with Chad? Well, I've known Chad for th- for this specific idea, or how do I know him? Our Both, I suppose. Yeah, well, we're just friends, and we've met through um, our mutual friend, Paul Henderson, who is a sappy fest guy. Not anymore, but w- one of He's the guys here. who started it. Weren't we on the... Were he, we, and he did the album art for Transistor Sister 1 and Transistor Sister 2. Now, I, I will say, as a, an aside here, I was walking down Bridge Street earlier this morning after doing something, or maybe mid-late morning, and Paul Henderson was mm-hmm. on the sidewalk, and he had a iPhone, cell phone, on the ground. Yeah. And as I was walking by, he's like, Vish, Vish, come here. And it said on the phone, Shotgun Jim. Like that's oh yeah you were talking he was talking to you oh yeah and then he made me come and clap oh nice and apparently we were on your radio show yeah this I was morning? doing a an episode of Good Morning Duders on CHMA which is a, a radio show that I had about twenty years ago here right. in Sackville you're doing a special guest slot yeah with Jason Baird who I plays see. bass on the record who's in town with me so, so Jay and I used to live here together and we had that radio show so we were on 
Paul made me be on your show today? Yeah, you were on my show. And now look, here the tables have turned. <laughs> now I'm on your show. You want me to clap? Slow clap? Please, no, please don't. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I know Paul and Chad have a, an old relationship. So you knew Chad through Paul. Yeah, and, and then we've just become friends. And Chad and I were playing at a festival, uh, River and Sky, amazing festival in uh, Field, Ontario. Right. And last summer, and I was telling Chad about Transistor Sister 2, and he said, when you're done tracking it, send me, send it to me, and I'll record something on it. Oh. Yeah. Anything. Just that casual. Yeah. So then I summed the whole record, and he picked that song, and he picked that moment to do that thing, and just added all those parts. And So on the, when people hear the song, there's a, there are verses and choruses, and then there's just this extended... You're, what are you doing while he's singing? I'm singing, I'm singing, why, why? <laughs> Not laughing, I'm laughing now because I'm singing without it. But it's either. a very, uh, uh, I don't know, pained why. Yeah, and there's also the saxophone, there's a saxophone that's matching the same pitch as me and uh-huh. slowly bending up and down on the pitches, so it does sound painful. Yeah, yeah it's for a sure. little bit of a painful thing. And so then, uh, so when you sent him the record, what was there? Nothing? The saxophone and the yelling was. but And so Chad <laughs> took that as his opportunity to do a spoke. He was thinking of Chuck D. Oh, in Cool, in cool thing. thing. So it's like cool all the time. Cool thing. And as soon as he told me that, then I regretted not calling it cool all the time with a K. Like cool thing. But he said, he's like, I don't know what you're going to think. It's kind of a nod to Chuck D. <laughs> <laughs> I hear more Vincent Price. In it, oh my God, that's amazing! Because he kind of distorts his voice like Chuck's actually. Yeah, now that yeah. I think about it, yeah, oh he was, my he was God. channeling Chuck D there. That's amazing. He's like, that's not good enough, Jim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does the Chuck D say again? Hit him where it hurts. He says a whole bunch of stuff uh, in that spiel. I can't remember yeah, yeah. it off the top of my head. Wow. Okay. So that's that's amazing in itself. I I enjoy this record very much. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about it per se? I mean, you know, the I just the thing that I was thinking about the whole time was the experience of making it. That's that is the theme for me, hmm. and not what it would end up being. Where did you make it? How did you make it? I made it in Toronto with Jose Contreras, who I have another side project with called The Heat Death. That I'm are familiar also with this. Yeah. yeah. And um, are you guys playing here? The, the Heat, Heat Death playing on Sunday night. Oh, I didn't. First ever show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be good. Who is it? You, Jose? Just Jose and I. Okay. We have a, we have a system figured out. Yeah. I uh, don't want to go on another tangent yeah, on yeah. the side, but I don't know when it was. A couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, you asked me to participate in a music video. Oh yeah, of course you know about the heat death. You're in the the three <laughs> singles video. <laughs> so you said, could you be in this video? And you're going to be the talk show host. Yeah. And so I go there to the where were we? And like outside of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we haven't talked about. This no, we yet. haven't talked about this. <laughs> okay. So I go there and I get into my suit and then yeah. you make the the video and I'm participating in the video and I'm acting. Yeah. In a ways that I've never acted. Then the video comes, and then like months, years later, I don't know when it was, the video comes out, and I'm watching it, and I'm like hitting my screen, like I'm trying to, why am I cut off? Like all of us are kind of cut off. It's not filmed in a way, or not presented in a way that's easy to, to consume. And I thought my phone was broken, and then I thought my computer was broken. Did I did I do something wrong? Did you try to cut me out of this video? No, we were all cut out of it. The, the so whole- why why is it so weird? Well, with the heat death, we were 
Jose and I are always think we're always we were rea- reacting to uh, the immediacy of mo- the modern day, where everyone is just used to getting exactly what they want when they want it. So our first single from the record was a slow motion six minute video of us singing to a really slow song. In sl- and the whole thing's in slow motion it's yeah. bl- and black and white. Right. So you got to be pretty dedicated to make it through it. And then for the next one, we decided that we would do three songs all in one YouTube video so that if you wanted, if you heard the second song and you really liked it, you would have to either listen to the whole first one again or you would have to skip ahead or you got to like kind of work at it. Yeah. So we're, and then we, ed- when we were editing it, we had this idea to, to, to <laughs> obscure it so you can't really see what you're uh-huh. looking at now. So I can only blame art for you driving all the way to Dundas and was, spending a whole day in that hot gymnasium with us. I got a box of Granddad's Donuts while I was in Hamilton. I was actually pretty content. Okay. But I was just baffled by what the... I was like... I honestly was like, what did my... I almost called my phone provider. Oh, yeah. I think my phone's busted. This video is not showing up the way it's supposed to. I think that it looks really nice that way. Like, I like... What? I know that it's confusing, and I like that about it, too. But I think that watching a rock band play and not getting to see their heads or their faces just seeing their bodies well because that's essentially this video is zoomed in to like a small portion of the screen so you see Vish's hands moving around and stuff but you don't see his beautiful (laughs) face so it's like suit and my beautiful suit so you see you do I mean it is it's in, it's, it was intentional. It wasn't okay. an accident. All right. All right. And you know what? In hindsight, maybe we should have given you a heads up. No, no. I mean, I barely had a head in it. I, I didn't. It was <laughs> a heads up. was not even there. It's above yeah. the screen. That's the heads up. So what for people who want to know what we're talking about, what's the name of the song on the YouTube? I think it's called Three Singles from the Heat Death. From the Heat Death. Okay. Yeah. So if people want to know what we're talking about, go find them. Anyway, you go and make the record, uh, this record in Toronto with Jose. And your friends. Bring the friends in. And then at the end of the session, even though it's a bad idea, we went and played a rock show at the Transac in the front room. Why is it a bad idea? Well, because it's the final day of the studio. So you've like paid for studio time. Oh. Typically on the last day, you might go late because you have to finish the last few things or whatever. And it just puts all this pressure on that last day because, you know, at five o'clock, we got to go load in for a rock show. Right. So yeah, it added a bunch of pressure, but we were aware of that like months in advance that that's what was going to happen. But I had this idea that doing doing something really memorable with the recording was go- was going to be the thing that I'll, I'll look back at in ten years and want to write songs about <laughs> for Transistor Sisters. The camaraderie. 3. You like yeah. the camaraderie? Were you thing. at that show? At the Transac? No. I don't yeah. think I was. I made it actually. Okay. Yeah. You know, I live an hour away. And I know, but it was an epic show. Oh, I'm it was sorry. really incredible. Anyway. I wish and I like there. so ma- so many people the front room is small it's tiny and we had friends from all over that just happened to be in town that day oh. so people from the east coast and from uh, America and yeah oh, and shoot. Winnipeg went to like I'm sorry I Fellows that. and oh, okay. her, ba- her band and all those guys were there and oh they played the Burdock or something I talked around to, like I, the next day they right. were playing the Burdock this was in November right right I saw them in Guelph but no I'm sorry I missed you that's okay 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 so so the camaraderie sticks with you, and that's what you're taking away from this record. Yeah. Do you have messages for people as they listen? We've talked about social media. Is there any? Oh, did we talk about sappy slogans, by the way? We didn't. 
What is going on in that song? Well, that one, it seem, on the surface, it seems like it's about Sappy Fest, but it's not. It's, it's, I'm referencing a Weaker Than song from their first record where John sings Sappy Slogans All Come True, and that predates Sappy Fest. Oh, right, okay. I'm having that. And then I, and I have this personal relationship with Sappy Fest and their slogans because I named my song Swamp Magic after their slogan, Swamp Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that connection is sort of profound for me. And then that song is actually about my experience with undergrad. And it's a song that I wrote for John because he has, on his last two solo records, records he has a song uh, about master's thesis called When I Write My Master's Thesis, yeah, right. which is really about <laughs> when I paint my masterpiece right. by Dylan, no, by the band. Dylan and the band. Dylan and the band. So then, and then he has one on his most recent record called Postdoc Blues, which is kind of a Neil Young nod uh, because of like Vampire Blues. Right. Well, nobody has Alberta. Anyways. (laughs) So then I was, I was wanted to write a song for John because this other thing that I do that I'm sure is I write songs for people. I have a song for Attack and Black and for the Constantines and Oh, you write songs about people. I write songs, well, I write them about them, but I also think of them as songs that... I'm writing for the person. Sorry, but just to distinguish between for them to sing and for them. As oh, a they're not for them to sing. Right, no, no, yeah, right, right, right. Very, very true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I only write songs for me to sing. <laughs> yes. So you've written a song for John? I just wrote it for John. as, And then, like, I, you know, when I finish the record, I go, like, hey, man, I wrote this song for you. Like, oh, send nice. it to him or whatever. And then, so it's, I'm thinking about him, uh, or I was thinking about him when I wrote all of the words and the music for that song. <laughs> So you are, and you played with John and his solo band, right? Yep. So you've become, uh, there's something going on with you, Jim. You come to Sackville from Toronto and a community rallies around you. And now I feel like you've gone to Manitoba and something similar has happened. Like you, you are really about connecting with people and they like connecting with you. I think that's a nice testament to you. I'm a just super lucky guy. Yeah, I'm a good, good person good people magnet or you are. something like that no, I think it's you good are. it's yeah. really good and that's why I have Chad on my record and yeah that's why Joel Plaskett produced my last one and right. I'm in a project with the guy from by divine right and your yeah. nostalgic dreams are coming true they are by the way touring opening for thrush hermit in October I saw that ac- around across the west coast yeah, or west so, uh, the prairies rather sorry so for a guy who likes nostalgia being on the Clayton Park uh, album reunion tour it's going to be seeing them play that every night it's going to be incredible I almost want to come with you you should like if you give me something to do I will just come with you and watch every show every night just yeah like, well I'm in a minivan just cruising across <laughs> the prairies by myself <laughs> give me something to do I'll do it I want to do that because I want to I missed their last reunion tour because I was in Newfoundland or something and oh, yeah. I couldn't get to see it which was in it must have been 2009 I think they have seemed to get together every couple every 10 years yeah um so anyway, yeah, I'm planning to see them as well. Um, I did want to say you're in Manitoba. You're making music. You mentioned you made your, your record here, in, in Ontario, or rather in Toronto. Forget we're not in Ontario sometimes. Um, what else are you doing in Manitoba? Like, are you you got you're a dad? Are you doing anything else? I'm ma- I'm making art. I'm making art and making music. Like even though I am, I have a record that just came out yesterday. I'm working on the next one and the prequel. The prequel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily the prequel. I'm sorry. I, I like the idea. <laughs> but you are making a new record already. I'm not making it already, but oh. I'm writing. I'm always writing and, and uh, yeah, just making stuff and, and thinking about art. And When you say art, what do you mean? 
Like I beyond, think I mean this, it all. I think oh, okay. I mean it all. But beyond, I know you as a we know you as a singer and a songwriter. Mm-hmm. That's part of your art. Can you talk about other mediums or other? Yeah, I d- I just finished a painting degree. Okay. Uh, like a, the un- so the song about undergrad on the record is because th- I did a BFA and just finished it last year. Congratulations. Thanks. And I made a lot of ceramic art, even though it was a painting honors degree. Uh, so I want to make some paintings now. And Oh, cool. Yeah. And I'm always making collages and watercolors and watercolor paintings. And yeah, I'm just a guy who likes to make stuff and think about the things that are around by making them. Okay. By making stuff. <laughs> Any chance you're leaving Manitoba? No, not no pl- no current plans. Okay. No. You're good there. Like the oceans are rising. I feel weird being out in the Maritimes. As Chad says on Cool All the Time, the oceans are heating up. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you're in the middle there. You're probably pretty good. It's a safe place. (laughs) It's a safe place with a view. It's good. You can see miles miles in all directions. How far is Brandon from Winnipeg? Two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Do you get up to Winnipeg much? Yeah, we go pretty often. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I thank you for talking to me about stuff. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that covers it all. That covers everything? We've, co- yeah. we've covered everything? we've covered everything. You feeling good? I'm feeling great. Tonight, okay. t- the other thing that I, sh- I should mention is that tonight I'm about to play on the main stage at Sappy Fest in Sackville, New Brunswick, <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty excited and the pretty good smile right is now. on your face right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. You came back, just as you said. That's I know. exciting. I can't wait to see you As soon you as play. I really think <laughs> about it, I'm, I can't believe it's going to happen, and I know it's going to be so cool. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be great. So where can people, I know we talked about how you're not on all of the stuff, or try not to be on all of the internet stuff, but if people want to learn more about you, where would you send them? Oh. Do they have to write you a letter like John K. Samson? No, I don't want that either. <laughs> That's even more work than the other stuff. <laughs> it's true. I was supposed to write someone a letter, and it took me a, a year to write them back. I forgot to do it. I think you can find it. Just go to look. Just buy wasn't my buy a, my new album. <laughs> wasn't there another Shotgun Jimmy at one point? Uh, there was. I I let my website. You mean oh another person or another? I thought there was someone who had your website or something. We talked about this last time. Yeah, there was a person who had my was trying to sell me my website oh, back yeah, right. to me because I let it expire and then. And then I had some fans that were, were, thought they would do me a favor and try and buy it from this guy, but then that just gave, made him think that it's even worth more oh, than it is. Okay. And I wrote him a very sincere email saying, listen, man, I work really hard at this, and you're making it harder for me because you're trying to sell me something that I don't want, but you're confusing everybody. Because he right. kept... The thing isn't... He wasn't just trying to sell me shotgunjimmy.com. He was also keeping it up and putting stuff up there that looked like I was saying, like about skinny jeans and stuff. Oh, weird. So I'd go to do an interview with someone nice like you, and then they would say, so what's with the obsession about skinny jeans? And, and for a while I didn't know wh- what anyone was talking about or weird. why it was happening. And and then I and the guy re- responded to me when I was really sincere, and I was saying, like, you're making this hard, and I'm an artist. And, you're... and then he wrote back, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'll take down all the posts... If oh. you want to buy it from me, this is the price kind of thing. Okay. That. Did you get it back? No, I never bought I oh. just I got shotgunjimmy.net. Okay, right. That's what it is. I got it out of you. I, yeah, I wanted yeah. I wanted to send people to a thing. I'm just obsessed with it by the end of the interview. I okay. Need, I need so I need to send people to to your stuff so that they get it. Yeah. Because I feel better when people say, Oh, I didn't know about Shotgun Jimmy. I checked him out because of your show, bought all his records, yeah. and now he's living the high life. 
Oh yeah. Thanks, Vish. Like I like that's what I want. Oh, so, I want that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, www. No, HTP slash semicolon at www.shotgunjimmy.net. Shotgunjimmy.net. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if we can go out on a song with your permission. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. From Transistor Sister... Two, yeah. What would you pick? I would choose your all-time favorite <laughs> Shotgun Jimmy song because we've talked about it so much. Our your listeners are gonna want to hear it. It's really good. Uh, I enjoy it. Do you like uh, it? I love it. Okay, I do love it. Like, is it one of your favorites? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, I get, We're gonna play it tonight. Now, who's yeah. gonna do Chad's part? Nobody. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's He's just, just gonna, gonna go. Why? 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 <laughs> All right, this is Cool All the Time by Shotgun Jimmy featuring Chad Van Gillen from Transistor Sister 2. Not and volume. featuring Stephen Lampke oh. on the keyboard at the beginning. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah that weird drum roll thing with yeah. the bum, bum. And Cole Woods of Human Music from Winnipeg oh. playing a synthesizer on there at the oh, beginning. Oh, there's more guests than I even knew about. Yeah, that one's it's a real f- featuring track, guest okay. track, okay. all-star <laughs> cast. <laughs> Cool all the time. Shotgun Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you for being back on the show. Ah, I hope this was fun. And it was we'll, super fun. We'll Thanks for having you. me. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Okay. Let's do it. 25, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. When we process this interview. I want to be are really heating up these days. The planet Earth is feeling hotter and hotter. The ocean 
are heated up. People's minds are boiling hot. So you might feel like losing your patience and only being cool part of the time, or maybe three quarters of the time. Well, that's just not good enough, Jim. I need you to be on this all the time, okay? I need you to be cool all the time. I get so tired of making mistakes. Here I go, my foot is in my mouth again. I have become my own worst enemy. If I were cool, maybe I could be my best friend. And then I'd be cool all the time. Thrush Hermit is one of the best Canadian rock bands of all time. Comprised of Halifax citizens Rob Benvy, Cliff Gibb, Ian McGettigan, and Joel Plaskett, Thrush Hermit released some excellent music in the mid to late 90s, including their swan song, Clayton Park, which was released in their last year of existence, 1999. The band got back together for a well-received reunion tour about nine years ago, and to mark the 20th anniversary of Clayton Park, They pressed a double vinyl and scheduled a tour right across Canada, which, as I speak to you, includes stops in Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Victoria between October 9th and 15th. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Shotgun Jimmy is opening all of those dates. A couple of hours before their truly excellent show at the Music Hall in London, Ontario, Ian McGettigan and Joel Plaskett made time to talk with me about Thresh Hermit's past, present, and future. So please enjoy this conversation with one of my all-time favorite bands, Thrush Hermit on Creative Control. Ian McGettigan, can you yeah. hear me? I can't hear you, but yes, I can hear you. What do you mean you can't hear me? I'm right here. <laughs> nice to see you. I'm Ian. not in your headphones. Yes, nice to see you. Yeah, it's, it's good to see you. It's been too long. And, and Joel Plaskett, are you here? I'm here, Vish. It's nice. I'm here to with you. <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's nice to see you guys. And uh, I know you just got in from Ottawa. We're in London, Ontario. Yes. The last time I saw Thresher in London was at the Embassy Club. Yes, classic. Burned down. <laughs> That's right, with the Super Friends. Okay. Champagne Cadillacs, Cadillacs. I think, is what the poster is. Oh, that, that was what my mom, my t shirt my mom was wearing last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice, nice. Classic, classic tour. So, <laughs> how, how is this tour going? This is Great. the 2019 edition of Thresh Hermit. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's been great so far. Now, I uh, want to get something else out of the way real quick because I've done this on the show before. I've had to do some forensic analysis of myself. Okay. 
I told Ian Blurton once that he was the first person I ever interviewed, and I was wrong. He's not the first person I ever interviewed. He's the first person I interviewed and wrote an article about it. But McGettigan, I figured out that you are the absolute, you and Charles Austin are the first people I ever put a tape recorder in front of. That's really funny. I don't mean to keep going down memory lane, but it's going to be this kind of thing. That's great. That's fantastic. Exclaim Magazine fifth anniversary party at the Masonic Temple. Wow. The fifth anniversary of Exclaim Magazine. Jeez Louise. You guys played. I remember that show. Local Rabbits played. Yeah. Matt Murphy and he had a, he has lost his voice. Remember the Super Friends played? Right. Yeah. Is this coming to you at all? It is actually. Yes. So I yes. just want to say, yeah. Magettes. There's oh, photos yeah. from that show. Absolutely. I've got photos with the Exclaim logo on the back. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, uh, Zampano might have played. Oh, like yeah, AC yeah. Now it's making sense to me. Yeah. Now I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, you and I and Charles Austin, first people ever. I just want to put that on the I record. I love that, man. Like, thank I, you. I, this, you yeah. are the reason I'm here. <laughs> so <laughs> You got him started, McGinnis. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Now, we all kind of know that Joel's been busy playing mm-hmm. music. Uh, Ian, what have you been up to before this reunion? I work in film and TV. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I do a lot of music movies sometimes, you know. I did a movie called Blaze a couple years ago. It was kind of a country music movie. So I try to incorporate that still. You're in it too, right? I'm in it, actually. <laughs> you have an I, acting role? That's correct. Yeah. What was the name of your character? I'm the, I'm the sound <laughs> recorder. But I say, hey, Blaze, you're done. Actually, you know what? I've Anyway, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It sounded really good saying that line. I believe Hey, Blaze, you're done. Yeah. Now, are you still in Canada? Yeah. Okay, I know you travel a little yeah. bit for your job. Okay, well, it's really nice yeah. to see you. Yeah, man, nice to see but you. But are you doing, are you playing music as much? Uh, you know, I'm leading up to this, playing along to the YouTube videos of The Threshermit was probably the first playing I did in a long time, so it was kind of, uh, it was fun to do it. You had to play to the YouTube video version? That's right, buddy, the YouTube videos. I was on the YouTube last night. Uh, <laughs> you don't have a physical copy you could play somewhere? Well, I, you know, I was at my studio, and that was the, I was literally looking at it on YouTube. Hey, man, every stream counts, Vish. No, it does. Yeah, that helps you, doesn't it? Okay. All right. Now, Joel, you are always busy. You're always playing. Uh, what's it like to be back with the Threshold fun, people? Fun, really fun. I've been working on uh, some new music my own record and so this is a really nice uh, departure from that to sort of stop thinking about new stuff and go play these songs that go back a long way but more for me like uh, the music is fun we're playing great um, but the social aspect of it's really great too Like you guys grew up together didn't you? we did yes the four of us haven't been in a room together since our last reunion tour uh, you know we'd all seen each other individually and, oh, right, but, but yeah. the four of us hadn't actually hung out since we finished the last uh, in 2010, we did a we did a reunion. So was it 2010? Right. I thought it was 2009 for some reason. I don't know. Might yeah, have been no, nine or ten. 2009. Nine or ten. I, I think it's every ten years. There's like so a threshold. It it's like a, a comet. You guys are like a comet. Every ten years, you show <laughs> up. <laughs> so it's 90, 99. Thrush comet. Really good. By the way, my uh, son Levon uh, loves your band. However. For a while there, he thought your name was Fresh Sherman. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> he kept asking so me to many. play Fresh Sherman. I didn't know what he was talking our, about. Our be, uh, the, be, the best mistake on our band name ever was we were on a bill like in Baltimore or Philly or Providence or something. We see this poster with like five names on it. Not And our name, we're not listed. Why aren't we listed on there? Wait, who's Brush Project? People <laughs> 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 were just mishearing things. Yeah. It's the nature of the thing. So let's go back. I just I, I know that you've had to do this yourselves, going on YouTube, listening to your old songs. But 1999 is when the band kind of stopped, right? Yeah. I went to the show in Kitchener. I just found out, my sister told me, she saw you in Ottawa last night, by the way. No report yet. I'm, what did it go well? Was your show good? In Ottawa? Were you, yeah, were you yeah, yeah, it was okay, good. Great. Yeah. I'll check in with her lately. Yeah. Apparently, 
she uh, got I didn't I don't remember this. She made a fake ID to go to your Clayton <laughs> Park <laughs> show in ninety nine. Uh, wow. First time she's ever done that. Anyway, cool. I was at the Kitchener show and then I think we knew at the time that was it. It was like a farewell tour, right? Yeah. Why was that the it's end? That of tent, right? In the Kitchener show it had that it did yeah, have, it did have a tent. kind of like there was stuff uh, there's some video footage of that. I have photos yeah. from that yeah. show that yeah. I can send you if you really yeah. want on my uh, that yeah. I developed at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the comet comes and goes, Vish. It does. It just it the was time to wrap it up. Yeah. Right. And she comes around and she goes again. <laughs> You never know. You never know. But it it, it it sort of run its course at that time, right? It was sort of just like all things lining up. It's kind of stars, you know, all lining up and moving away and whatever. And Y2K shut us down. It was Y2K. We were, the fear we were, of Y2K. We were fearing it, so we had to... But you, you have to, maybe, I don't know if you feel this way. Did you feel like you were at your best as a band around that time or close to it? Because I know you guys were celebrating Clayton Park. That was your last album. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you love that album the most, clearly, on some level, or no? Well, I, I mean, I, no, I know we have <laughs> fondness for all of it, but that might have been the record that we, I think, you know, we all sort of, uh, I think, it was there the was most a playfulness. Clear, it was clear, a clear vision on it. You and know, maybe and the most playful in terms of yeah. us actually getting to understand the studio and to experiment a bit and to, yeah, to kind of hear things that we made up in the studio we were you know we toured a lot we'd come up with those songs on the road touring sweet home record and stuff but when we hit the studio we made there was things like the breakdown of violent dreams where we were hitting like pots and pans or whatever you know they're yeah. just doing stuff that surprised us on album and then went because when we that did might not have been allowed a few years before yeah we were allowed by yeah. whom by the rule books of rock and roll at the time but, well by yeah. our rule by the rule yeah. books of us not necessarily <laughs> getting into that you, you know? guys had rules didn't you we did everyone I, has no rules. shorts on stage yeah. that was sos one. sos, SOS no is a big one it yeah. it sticks with me yeah, all I, the time I still i still as an mc uh, when yeah. people are like hey can you mc the festival then i it's 35 degrees celsius yeah. and then i go and i change they're like why are you wearing pants now you're wearing shorts <laughs> sos i say <laughs> can't do it thresh hermit i think of that all the time <laughs> so you had rules and then you outgrew them it, you got you got loose you got a little bit looser and the yeah. song started to sprawl yeah. and that was a magical period and then it was done and yeah. i felt sad say. <laughs> like yeah. you were hitting your stride it felt like so okay then let's go 10 years later 2009 yeah. I think if we're right, yeah, ten. I think maybe anniversary. Yeah, you think twenty ten. I trust you, Joel. You yeah. you're like an archivist. You I don't remember. know why we said was it ten? Ten. Okay, it sorry, 10. eleven years. It 10. doesn't quite make yeah. sense now, but yeah. still, what prompted uh, the reunion in twenty ten? Comet came around again. You got to explain <laughs> this comet thing. Well, I don't it's understand. All, it all I mean, I, th I think we'd all, you know, <laughs> for me, I, I can only speak to to my own experience, but for me, the part of the joy of the hermit was the collective experience of it going to places for the first time we grew up together and we saw the states and canada we did a lot of traveling together when we were young and so we grew a up lot, a lot a of lot of traveling a lot of traveling for pretty young yeah. you know we, we we hit the road out of high school and so that experience is was was really valuable really fun there's a lot of shared memories there but then at the same time, when you get together with your friends, you don't want everything to be a nostalgia trip. You know, a lot of it's going to be as you get older. But the, I think what I like about this tour and what I liked about that 2010 tour for the same reason was it creates a new set of memories. It's yeah. not like, you know, it's kind of like we get to, um, we've all changed a bit. We've all played in other capacities with different people. We have different life experiences, but we come together and we have all these shared memories. Now we have some new ones. Uh, to kind of add on to and so it it, it it there's a bit of memory lane but there's also a, like you're paving a new little piece of memory lane well you guys are you know? basically brothers is it fair to say i mean would you say that ian 
Is that too much? I don't have I have a sister. I have no brother. These guys are my brothers. When did you two when did you two meet, Ian and Joel? I'm just curious. Eighty seven. Eighty seven and Rob and Ian had known each other since eighty four. Okay. So and and were you did you meet because of music? We met because of grade four. A thing called Grade well, Four. I don't know that band. What yeah. band is Grade Four? Super cool. Well, that's a good name for a band. Grade Four. <laughs> Have you seen Grade Four? Yeah, Chicago. Uh, grade Four. <laughs> so you just met because you were students in the same school. We were students at Duke and then I, I moved from Lunenburg, and uh, Rob's mother Janet and my mom Sharon went to school together. That's and when right. we moved up from Lunenburg, I knew nobody. But we were moving to Clayton Park, and my mom connected with Janet, and lo and behold, she had a twelve-year-old son, and I was twelve. And so I met Rob. Rob introduced me to Ian and we became fast friends. Okay, okay. So you got into music together. How this, this, I'm weirdly flashing back to every much music interview you guys did where you've explained these things. I remember, I'm thinking, am I Sukian Lee right now? I remember you explaining this. my, My memory of it, which might not be entirely correct, was that. Like my dad, I had started to play a little music in Lunenburg. Like my dad had offered to teach me guitar. I wasn't interested. I tried drums. That, that didn't take. I tried saxophone. Then I got to. To, to got to Halifax and then Rob started taking guitar lessons and then so I was like oh Rob's playing guitar dad teach me guitar so we can like so I can play I have something to do. it gives a social motivation for me yeah, I think was funny. really my own I mean I love music and we were all getting into music your but, dad but Bill, was, by the way, your but, dad Bill, a very accomplished yeah, musician, a good guitar player, and and, yeah. and and so he showed me stuff. I borrowed his acoustic, started learning stuff, and then, and then Ian was given a fretless bass by. Was like, well, I think I was just freestyling. You were just singing first because we started our first jam. We have on tape the first time we ever got together to make noise together. We made this tape called Nabisco Fonzie, and right. that was the name of our band. But that's the summer band. between grade seven and eight. Was it that summer? I think maybe eight. Was yeah, seven. We've done a whole year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This brings me back yeah. to the brothers yeah. thing. Yeah. You've been doing something long, long. Time. A long time, yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, eventually, Nabisco Fonzie turns into Thresh Hermit. Is that well, right? we became Grade Four after that, <laughs> and then uh-huh. I forgot about Grade Four. And then four. the Hoods, right? And the then Thresh Hermit. Yeah. I almost got in a car accident trying to take CDs out of that box set you made. Like, <laughs> I was like, I can't get the f- CD out of here, and I'm like, ah, I'm trying to drive. That's I never the should have driving. interviewed McGannigan as the first. <laughs> but I bring yeah. up this box set you put out in, I want to say, 2010, 2010 probably. Yeah. yeah, and it's got everything that yeah. you. Uh, uh, yeah. Does it have the stuff uh, you're just? Yeah, yeah. So it has some excerpts. I, I it was, it's a uh, curated, a loosely curated. Probably there's a lot of stuff that would get culled now, but we 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 let, there's Just a lot of there's there. a lot of madness on there. So yeah. we got McGannigan's into film. You're a, Joel. You're a producer. You make records as well. You yeah. do most things yourself. There's some archival stuff going on. When I think of that box set, that Thresherman box set that I was just alluding to, few bands would do that. Cull through their entire lifespan and and have the mindset to record things. Was that important to you growing well, I, up? I've always, I've always, I'm kind of, I have a lot of, I've saved tapes and archived things. Like I have the reels of Clayton Park at the studio and, you know, digitized. I like kind of saving things. What about you, Ian? Uh, uh, I am not an archivist. You don't know where anything is. I worked in the public <laughs> archives for a while and my I mom's know. of that nature. You okay. know, so I, I tend to hold on me. to things. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I wonder if that feeds into the fact that this comet that we keep alluding to comes back. Like, it's a little bit of history, as you say, but it's also something new. I mean, this is important to you to keep Thresherm coming back and going a little bit, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, again... I think like it's I, also more important to other people. It's not that it's more important, but like it's somehow become quite important to a lot of people like people respond to it and really nice it means it's through their memories of that record as well you know mm. so it's kind of 
whatever outside of what it means to us it's it's meaning a lot to other people which is kind of the best part yeah of i would that, say yeah. like part of what's neat about being able to play it now when you're not sort of wrapped up in forward motion the, necess- the necessity of forward motion your livelihood and the idea of like oh we've you know because we're not we're not we're not in the hermit for a living we're out on this reunion tour and we're older and a bit more relaxed about it I'm able to like watch the audience more and be like, wow, there's like people singing along and, and it becomes uh, like a, not to say it wasn't joyful back in the day, but we had a lot of. The stakes are different. The, the stakes were different, you know? And so this is, there's a kind of like. Uh, it was a movie of the week. <laughs> it feels uh, kind of, yeah, it's sort of e- 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 easier now than it was. You well, know? you guys, I think for some people, you were viewed as a very successful band, but I know from even watching that documentary, Learn to Party, that you'd go to the States or other places and it'd be hit or miss, right? Yeah. So the the kind of, the road can be crushing. And I and you guys did so much road work. I mean, like I said, I saw you a bunch in Southern Ontario. You're yeah. from, when yeah. I was a teenager and you're from Halifax, I know how hard, yeah. in retrospect, that you realize how hard that was. And do you it, look back it, on that it's, as being it's hard, like, it's hard to sustain a living for four people on right. the road. And in the 90s, we were lucky to have a record deal yeah. that basically afforded us a living. And we were, so we were, I mean, I like to think, you know, we, we, we were both lucky and maybe, and you, and some might say spoiled, but at the same time, we were driven and we chased it and we took what the opportunities that were But it also us. led us to making a record like Clayton Park, which was yeah. not really super commercial or whatever. Like to have spent that much time, like to be that like together of a band and to make such a non-commercial thing, it's like... It only happens by being like funded by outside money. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't necessarily as well. We had we had been dropped by then. Right? Yeah, and that's I what mean, I mean. But it know? was through all that money that got us the ability to be <laughs> well. Yeah, be to play to that do, much. Part, part that of it was because we had those record deals and we toured. You know, yeah. Electra behind. You know that that the, the the Sweet Home Record record with Electra tour support and stuff. We toured ad nauseum through the states right. playing to nobody right and so we got bored and so we wrote these long riffy songs that we could jam on and that's what morphed into clayton park and as a result we wouldn't have been able to make clayton park had we not had the opportunity to go out and tour and tour and right. tour and some shows were good and some were miserable um but if we if if our if if our livelihood was entirely bankrolled by the money that we were getting in Cincinnati on a Tuesday, we would have <laughs> yeah. broken up in 1994. We made it to 99. Broke yeah, but the grog yeah. shop in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my point, I guess, ultimately is you have come, when you've come back, this is the second return, I guess, of Thresh Hermit. You are, what you're saying, Ian, like you're seeing the appreciation for it maybe more than you did at that time, right? More than that, in a di- it's different. It's for sure, it's different. You know, it feels more precious to fans like me. Like I missed. Unfortunately, I was in Newfoundland or yeah. something when you were doing that 2010 tour, and I yeah. missed it. And I, I thought about it on the plane. I'll be honest with you. Like your yeah. band means a lot to me, so I made a big effort to. Well, that eh, means a lot to me. Like yeah. that, nah. that's awesome to hear, and like that. I, that's what we recognize in the audience at night. Like there's people who there's some a couple of gals who came to the shows. Oh. All four East Coast shows and the last two Ottawa. But people are flying six, in from Vancouver. Shows, I mean, people have know? more money now because people are older. But it's like <laughs> your fans are older. Dude, yeah, yeah. They're flying in from Vancouver yeah. and Edmonton. And it's like it's kind of like yeah, wow, it's kind of, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So and they're they're like it. This is a thing that if Rob Benvy was here, we'd have a really interesting conversation about it. I'm sure. But there's an interesting thing that goes on between uh, people's memory and nostalgia for their lives when they listen to Thresh Hermit yeah. and also their appreciation for your band. So that's a we- you must be aware sure, of this weird sure. feeling, right? It's yeah. not just your music. No, it's, it's the feelings them that back. they had, yeah. the yeah. feelings that they had at the time and that's what's like part of the pa- package. Yeah, music has a sort of weird time 
teleporting quality, <laughs> it right? Does. And, and you know, and it does that to everybody on some level. You associate songs and yeah. with places or events in your life, and so you know, I think that being able to go out and uh, and there's something I think for people who travel to see the show, like I've done that a few times. I'm not. There's not a lot of things that I, I not, but I, I I flew to Ireland to see a show a couple of years ago to see the Paul Brady and Andy Irvine reunion oh, tour because wow. it's this folk record that's a really important record to me because my dad turned me on to it and I wanted mm-hmm. to see it and it was like I, I never would have seen it back in the day it's a record from 1979 or something and it was wicked like and it was so great to go there and I was like kind of tearing up at the show because I felt like I'd come a long way and I was experiencing this music that this record that I loved but you were um, thinking of your dad probably too a little yeah bit. and all and all yeah. those things and and uh and and so you know then you can kind of recognize that same sentiment in people coming to see a rock show with the hermit with a giant neon sign like you're <laughs> you, you know you're traveling you know it's it's all sort of uh but part of it is I mean we wouldn't have signed on if we did, if it wasn't also we weren't getting something out of it just on a social level I think Absolutely, you know, we're, yeah. we're, having, we're having fun playing what about the music itself though like you know it's sort of from a bygone era but it, you've done something that's obviously feels timeless to people like me how are you feeling about making like guitar rock in oh 2019? my god it's quite I mean <laughs> the, the reference I mean I'm so out of the loop in terms of what's relevant now anyway but just actually physically doing that kind of music every night is really fun. You know, it's outrageous, oh, nice. you know, from a difference of like what, you know, I normally do or whatever. Just It's really, you know, it's insanely loud. Like every night I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so like bombastic and crazy. But well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, fun. I mean, it's a riffy band and we're digging, all digging it's in. It's super fun it is, songs. It, it, yeah. it, it, it's playful enough and jammy enough that there's some space to improvise, but it's actually quite structured. I mean, Clayton Park's, very there's there's some loose bits on it but it came from a lot of playing and mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot of um arrangement on that record you know and part of what we were trying to do on that record i think was like marry you know this riffy stuff that we liked and then these and then but the, you know the we always cared about words and uh yeah and you know it's funny rob and i were talking the other night i wish uh, he was uh, here yeah <laughs> me too um I love uh, rob. rob and i were talking about it the other night and uh about the idea of like if people walked in just going I, you know oh like oh there's a band playing in town let's go see this Thrush Hermit band as if it were new you know mm-hmm. if you walked into the club not knowing that this music was made in 1999 or something how uh, you'd view it I don't know I mean it's just well, an interesting there, is uh, some ki- there, are there are some, some young people to show that I'm obviously like this you know it could be some of their first like rock out shows my son seen. begged me to bring him to this show just no eight years old just wanted to come oh, so bad yeah. I'm like no they won't let you in and too it's bad. too bad anyway yeah so yeah no it's resonating with younger people yeah, there's something about it yeah. yeah so I mean this begs the question I'm sure you've gotten it already and I know you've already framed it as it's fun Joel said earlier it's fun to just put the brakes on the creative impulse and kind of play these old songs not think about it what are the odds what are the odds that this <laughs> will spark something though because I have said this to many people on the show uh, who who warrant it, I suppose. There is such a thing. I, b- I believe in band chemistry. I believe in the four people on stage making a particular course, sound yeah. with a particular spirit. Every time someone gets a new bass player, you're like, ah, it's not the same thing. You know, it's somehow it's not. Maybe that's on me. I don't know. Is there ever chatter of like, let's, why don't we see what we can it, do together? It would have, I mean, the the, the, the challenges is we're all, we're all, I mean, we live in two different cities. Yeah. We all are different activities in our lives going on part of it though would have to be you'd have to have the time right and yeah. the material that would m- merit it and i'm you know i'm busy making st- I, I making 
a record of my own. Everyone's making music in different capacities and busy. It's not to say that it wouldn't happen, but you have to have like, you have to make space around to do those kinds of things. You have to sort of absolutely no and no. So I know it's that. really yeah. hard to know whether that would be possible because a lot of it would have to be like this material would. But you're right. There is al- there is like an alchemy I think that comes with four people playing. There's like a magic to the hermit. That's why I'm enjoying it. There's like there's like a a pressure that gets applied by everybody that pushes it into places that it doesn't get pushed with other people. It's like you know a grade I mean? four science class come to life. That's exactly right. This is all <laughs> about grade four. Um, you know, the science you do in grade four. I don't you think know. you do any science in grade four. But yeah, no, I agree. I believe in that. And I know that's true of you guys. Um, I mean, you must, Ian, you've played on but, Joel's records as well. I mean, but there's also a desire that. to not like the, 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 the challenge there is to go like, oh yeah, maybe there'd be something there, but you, what you wouldn't want to do is then do it and go, we don't like this as much, or, you know, you, you mm. want to make sure that you don't necessarily muck with the magic that existed sure, in the past. Sure. And so That's a being able, going and playing these songs maybe is a safer bet, but we do it well. And this music actually still, it feels fresh now because we haven't been playing it. I'm not so judging is, you guys. Is, this was not meant to judge thing, you. Yeah. Yeah. Having not played it every night for the past yeah. 20 years yeah. Yeah. does make it yeah. have a have it. It's kind of like uh, what's you know the guy, who, the amazing singer who died. Mel Torme. Charles, no, Charles Bradley. I just went with seeing Mel him live. That he, uh, you could just tell he didn't have a lifetime of having played that music. Right. And then right. his Jones success, well. yeah. success yeah. coming so late, yeah. or just doing that at, a, at the, he wasn't he didn't spend 40 years doing it mm-hmm. anyway. That's what that was okay. the magic of seeing him. That's kind of the magic of what's happening. I don't here. mean to pry. Obviously, these things might take their course. I just I'm curious as a fan of yours, and you know, we get it's nice to be asked. Well, we get greedy as fans, don't we? Yeah. Oh, why can't they get back together and do a thing? I worry that we're just being greedy and not. Yeah, know. I mean, but the thing is, is if you get together and don't do it well, uh, then everybody goes, "Oh, they shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Do you ever do you ever jam though? Uh, when, but you, when you get ready well, we to jam practice? and sound check every day, yeah. but you know, on some level, but you know, there's not a not a lot. But of, we haven't, yeah. haven't like I said, we haven't all four been in a room until yeah. two days before this tour. We rehearsed for two days and then hit the road. So, you know, it it's it was not easy to get the thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I didn't mean to put you I'll on ne- the spot. I'll never say never. Don't but, say uh, never. Don't say never. But I won't say yes. Are you yeah. playing potentially? better than you did in 2010 or 1999 do you feel that someone could argue i uh i, I like think so it. i feel it's like i feel like we're cliff is on fire cliff is on fire yeah. something about stopping and starting again uh when you're a bit older and as a person you're a bit more calm maybe than you were when Ke- you were younger. keto diet <laughs> so diet is doing keto it diet. <laughs> the, the, the show feels more uh relaxed and also because we're playing clayton park in order right uh, okay. Which, which uh, I didn't know. I haven't seen a show. Yeah, yet, yeah. Right? So I mean, you know, we're, we're so we're doing. There's an encore as well and stuff. But we're playing. People know what's coming. You know, right. once you, the show gets going, everyone's like, if you know the record, you kind of know where it's going. Which is sort of kind of cool, actually, because it means you, you you sort of you can take your time with it. You know, and but it, but I don't know. There's something about it that feels sort of measured in a way that the okay. last tour didn't, uh, which I'm quite enjoying. So this tour wraps up in when Victoria, man, we're going all the way. You're doing the whole thing. I saw that. You're doing yeah. the whole most of the 14th country. or something. Tuesday, whatever Tuesday yeah. is in Victoria. So, forgetting what I said about making a new album right away. Sorry to put yeah. that pressure on you guys. Does this 
potentially mean more activity for this record, like for to tour behind Clayton Park? I in don't the new think year? so. No, no. This, okay. it took a lot to get this together. Okay, and um, I mean, you know, as it's amazing seeing all these folks coming out to yeah. the shows, and there's some we've had some really great, so a bunch of full houses and stuff. But you know, even as we go west, it's like we're not a super known quantity. There's not that many hermit fans. There, there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's not like oh, let's go tour Australia now because there's a huge demand for it. You know, like if you're gonna go. Right. And once you sort of played to every city in Canada, you've sort of you've hit your people. Sure, sure, you, sure. You know, you found yeah. your people. And, and well, I uh, just meant you know summer festivals, these kinds of things. Joel, yeah. you know this for a fact. I mean, that's fun yeah. and, and lucrative, and it can be yeah. fun. And I just want this to happen again. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You want me to make some calls? Figure. Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, uh, what's coming up next for both of you? And well, Ian, you're doing film stuff. Yeah. Okay. Nothing to talk about. I'm right hoping now. maybe Ian will really. help me with some mixing on my next. Yeah. Uh, I got to oh, okay. mix this music I'm yeah. working on. And that's what I'm going to do: is get off the road and go back into the studio and try and get a record out for the. Uh, okay. Uh, your own record. Yeah. Emergency or you? Mix bag. Mix I thought bag. I saw an Instagram photo of maybe you, maybe Chris Murphy of Sloan, maybe Peter Elkis. Yeah, yeah. The, we did a little. We did one track. Ian was played on that as well. And Ian, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that, that that might was, be for that, this. That's, there's one there, and then there's some stuff. Yeah, it's just a mix. Okay, JoelPlaskett.com if people want to learn more about yeah, you. Yeah, nothing. There's not, they're nothing to learn about it yet, but maybe in a couple months I'll have Just to keep to track of your comings yeah. and goings. Ian, yeah. do people want to follow you and figure out what you know what's funny? My daughter made me an f- Instagram account, and I didn't realize this until these guys showed me on this tour. And people have been, I don't know anything about that. And then <laughs> What? Yeah, it's what? Does she use your name? Yeah. That's amazing. She's what's on, on there? I don't know. People have been like, they're people like, oh, your Instagram. Am I, yeah, my Instagram. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. I think I followed it, actually. Oh, I'm like, you, oh, I like my guests. This will be fun. I better look at that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, can we go out on a Clayton Park song? Like, is that permissible? Go, please. What, what would you pick? What's been really, the, what's been the most fun for you, Ian, on this uh, tour so far? Hi, uh, yeah, jeez. Uh, oh, well, Violent Dreams is always a jam every night. I don't know if that's going to be too long for no, you. No, no, there's nothing too long. It's a podcast. You can the, do whatever you want. There you go. Violent Dreams? What is that? Where did that song come from? I, 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 I had a year or two of, uh, but like, sort of dreams like that, but also re- I was reading a lot of uh, crime novels like Jim Thompson and these kind of old pulpy crime novels, and I'm sure, and watching film noirs and stuff like that you're a big film noir guy yeah i like all that stuff i I don't know that that was affecting but i did have i did have some i would have there was a period where my dreams weren't very good it might have had something to do with that and so it 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 sparked that tune a little bit yeah okay i didn't know see i didn't know this stuff someone i i I didn't know this stuff at all and i've yeah just dreams where you're like being stalked or something those kinds of things oh my god okay well let's scare the hell out of every it's almost halloween this is yeah let's go all right violent dreams by thresh hermit from their amazing album uh, clayton park ian joel thank you so much for being on my show we'll see you down the road i hope
They grow in cracks and they swarm.
Well, how about that for some value? Two separate interviews on one episode. That was the 502nd episode of Creative Control. Thanks to Shotgun Jimmy. Thanks to Thrush Hermit for making time for me to appear on this 502nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom, all sorts of other things as well. If you're looking for an episode of this show and you can't find it on any of those things, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my semi-regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And just a reminder, there's a new $6 tier for exclusive content. You can learn more about all of that at patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pete Stracadero of the Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks to Jim Guthrie. Uh, as always, for letting me use music on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this program and subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do the same. I almost got choked up there. It means a lot, and I appreciate it, and I will keep making shows for as long as you think it's okay for me to do so. So thanks, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.